Here's a theme song, you know it's not a mean song It's a good song, just as it should song American Brews and Tunes Hello and welcome to another episode of Brews and Tunes A show where we talk about two of the very best things in the entire world Brews and Tunes And or beer and music Correct you are. My name is Steven Johnston. And my name is Jesse Tidales. Well, for those of you who have tuned into the previous week, you already know what we have been listening to for this past one week. I have been listening to the EP Fall by John Foreman. As in the season, Fall. Yes, the season, Fall. And I've been listening to the EP Pull Yourself Back Together by Real Friends. Both great EPs. But since we listened to short EPs, we decided to have short beers, as yeah. in single cans, as opposed to the bombers that we typically have. Yes. So as oppo- so we're having 12 ounces. Correct. Of- 12 ounces as opposed to 22 ounces. Exactly. So, um... What beer are you having this week, Jesse? <laughs> what beer did you choose? Well, I decided to go local this week. Nice. Um, I chose, while well, I was at Target today... A, a grapefruit IPA by Tailgate Beer. Tailgate? I think I've heard of them. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, I have been to their tap room. Yeah. <laughs> their second tap room. It's right by where you work. It's right by where I work, and they have, so. they must have at least 20 or 25 of their own taps at the, their second tap room where I work, and it's, it's great. Yeah, so I'm kind of excited about this one because I really like. I really, really like grapefruit. And you really like IPAs. True. So I like both of those too, but I have not had that one, surprisingly. Well, you can try it if you want. Oh, we'll I mean, see. Even I, though I bought it, I'll I'm, share it with I'm you. I'm not sure if I'll try it, but I'll probably give it a little sip, just to see what I think. Yeah, okay. It's and cool. here's what I have for the week. Uh, it's this really off-the-wall-looking can, and it almost takes me a minute to find the name. Uh, but the brewery is called Stillwater, and the... Oh, it's by Stillwater. Yeah, Stillwater. Artisan Ales? Yes. That one? Nice. Stillwater Artisan Ales, and the beer itself is called On Fleek? Which I'm not entirely sure what that means, but it is... I don't is, get it. It's an imperial stout of sorts. I, I really don't know how to describe it, but it's this yellow can with all these pink and blue polka dots. It looks like... No, they, they look like uh, rocks. It, it reminds me of Fruity Pebbles. Yeah, yeah. It, it looks like Fruity Pebbles all over this. It kind of looks like the can was made in the 80s. So, where Jesse's beer is, is a local one, like you said, from Nashville. This one is from Connecticut. Stratford, right. Connecticut. Huh. So, awesome. We'll see. Your beer is going to be probably light and and fru- little fruity. Mine's going to be dark and heavy. Dark and heavy. It's it's also a thirteen percent beer, so it's it's up there on the ABV level. I'm a little nervous, but we'll go ahead with it. <laughs> yep. You ready? Yep. Before we crack our cans, what do we say? Nice. Jesse said he's just going to drink his straight out the can. Where me, since I'm a classy gentleman, I'm going to pour mine into a glass. This really smells like grapefruit. Mine looks as black as the night. Oh, it's a West Coast style IPA. Wow, that is black as the night. Yeah, this is so ridiculously dark. I mean, like, Man. Guinness is dark, but this is a next level dark. Alright, let us let me give this a shot. It's pretty heady. Alright, here it goes. Go for it. Down the hatch. At least the first sip. <laughs> Oh, wow. Is that pretty crazy? It's like sludge. 
It's like sludge in your mouth. This beer is straight sludge, but in such a great way. Uh, it, I mean, in all the respects that a stout has to have that roasty, chocolatey flavor, yeah. it is all that to the extreme. Definitely has it. I've had some like really potent stouts before, but this is up there with, with the best of them. Really? With the sludgiest of them. It's, uh, whoa, it's, <laughs> it's so roasty. Oh man, it's, uh, this is, it doesn't taste like it's 13% alcohol, but it definitely tastes like it's a really, really intense imperial stout. Wow. Oh, I just tasted mine. It's very good. Is it? The grapefruit is not overwhelming, which is very nice. Um, and yeah, it's kind of a light body, but not, uh, it's, it's a light, it's a lighter body, but it's not like lacking in substance. Yeah. Cause that, that's a single IPA if I'm correct. Right? Yes. It's not a double. So it's not, well, it's a West coast. Be... It's a West coast IPA. Like, does that seem like the kind of beer you could sit back and have a couple of them like while watching a movie or something? Yeah. Definitely. Well, that's the contrast because this beer that I'm drinking, I could probably have one of these within like a two-hour period and just yeah, yeah. make it last because, oh boy, this will put some meat on your bones. This will keep you warm in the winter. This will curl your chest hairs. This will curl your toes. It'll put hair in your chest. That's, that's what, what I meant to say, yeah. yeah. It'll curl your chest hairs. Well, if you have chest hairs, they are curled. In fact, they're probably burnt off from this. Mine are not curled. I've only got about like three chest hairs, but they're already curling from this beer. <laughs> All three of them. <laughs> All three of them. <laughs> oh, I'm going to take a, a hair straightener for this. It's going to taste like nothing. Steve's trying my beer yeah, right we're, now. We're, we did a, a Swapski for the Brewski. Smells a little really Sipski good. after a Swapski of the Brewski. Yours smells like Swapski. I can definitely smell like that grapefruit on yours. Oh, yeah. Oh, it is pretty good, but it is so different, dude. It is so different. <laughs> yeah. All right. So here's my description. The Tell grapefruit it, it isn't the most upfront grapefruit, but it's still very present, I'd say. And it's yeah. Pretty, but it's pretty good. It's refreshing. But in all honesty, after having taken a sip of mine, it was hard to sip yours. Like, yeah. I think I'm pretty positive. I liked the one that you had, but my <laughs> mouth is literally coated in black tar. Yeah. Of this yeah, beer. I, I can I can tell that. It's like someone melted dark chocolate and just. I like tried to drink melted dark chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's pretty good though. I like it. On, f what does on fleek even mean? Uh, I think it's what all the young hip teenagers are saying. To mean. Um, yeah, man, that beer was on fleek, dude. Like that? No. I think they're like, wow, my high school glasses are not on fleek. On fleek. I wish they were uh, cooler. <laughs> <laughs> But so you're saying on fleek means cool? I think so. I'm 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 pretty sure. Um, if I am wrong, comment below and tell me what on fleek actually means. Yeah, because we have absolutely no idea. And and literally, we could go on Google and say what does on fleek mean. But we'd rather you tell us. Exactly. Yeah. So even if you don't know, just take a, a guess. Yeah. If you do know, tell us that you know and tell us what the answer is because <laughs> we would like to know what what on fleek means. But in essence, this on fleek beer is glorious sludge. Yeah, I would say so. So dark, so delicious. Very, very good. Um, by the way, Steve is writing that into the app, the app Untapped, which is a great app if you love craft beer. It, uh, I mean, it's essentially social media for uh, beer. Yeah, it, it literally is social media for beer. You check in what beer you have in. 
you follow your friends, you see what they're checking in, you can comment on theirs, you can cheers you them. Can cheers it. Oh, it's just a great app. And they are not sponsoring us. We just love them that much. But, but you know who is sponsoring of, us? Yeah, speaking of sponsors, this week's program is sponsored by the band Jungle Rhubarb and the Destiny Tangerine. Looking yeah. for a band that shares rich harmonies and comedy? Look no further because Jungle Rhubarb and the Destiny Tangerine has all that in one. They've been known to play a few shows, and they mostly focus on world travel. Yes, they do. Uh, They're famously known to cover the song Africa by Toto. I have. With slight variations. Very slight, but I have heard them play that. Lovely band. Lovely band. And I hear they're lovely gentlemen as well. (laughs) Yes, and uh, so thank you. Jungle Rhubarb and the Destiny Tangerine for sponsoring Brews and Tunes. Yeah, so go check them out. I believe their music is on Spotify. Not sure if it's on iTunes, but it's definitely on Spotify. I believe you can find it on YouTube. It's also Heck, on Bandcamp. It's on Bandcamp. Go connect on Facebook. And I guarantee you there's no other bands that have a similar name because Jungle Rhubarb and the Destiny Tangerine is such a unique name and it is so out there. Nobody could have copied it. It is... Nobody could One of have, a kind. Nobody could have even randomly thought of it. And in fact, if you listen to them, I'm pretty sure they have a song that, that details how they got that name. Yes, they do. Clever. Clever. Clever band. I'd like to hang out with those cool cats. Yeah. Maybe one day. Maybe they're on fleek. Maybe they are on fleek. If that's a bad thing, they're definitely not on fleek. But if <laughs> on fleek is a good thing, they're totally on fleek. Yes, exactly. Anyway... But, Enough about beer, because we're going to have beer throughout the rest of the podcast. Let's talk about some tunes. Yeah, let's. I'm going to start off with this John Foreman EP. Fall. Fall, yep. So, essentially... This is from uh, this is from a group of EPs. Yes. Uh, so, this is what Jesse recommended for me to listen to this past week. And it's from the singer, songwriter, musician, artist, whatever you want to call him, John Foreman, who is essentially the frontman from Switchfoot... Uh, he just uh, does some solo projects stuff, yep. and this is from one of his collective works. One of his collections of EPs, yeah. So he's got, I believe, two collections of EPs. This one is from the Seasons collection. Seasons, where he yeah. has, he's got four EPs, one for fall, spring, summer, and winter. And not going to lie, I've only listened to fall, uh, but I would like to check out more after listening to this one, so you never know. Yep. Um, and... Uh, just to be transparent here, Jesse actually sent me these EPs probably four years ago. He gave me all this music to listen to. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm totally going to listen to this because I love Switchfoot. And knowing myself, I didn't listen to a single song. <laughs> I, so I have all these songs sitting on my computer and I just, just didn't do anything. Just never got around to it. That's so, the beauty of Bruising Tunes. That's the beauty of Bruising Tunes. So what else am I going to do but listen to this because Jesse recommended it for me. Yeah, so what did you think of it? Um, overall, uh, I thought it was amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it was, it was killer. Um, and this kind of falls under the Switchfoot curse for me where I'll listen to something and I think it's absolutely fantastic and I psych myself up. I'm going to say, oh my goodness, I have to listen to every single album that they've ever released because I know I'm going to love it yeah. and then I don't. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to have to try and not let that be the case for this. I want to listen to the rest of the EPs after this. Yeah, man. I mean, I would recommend Spring next. Oh, well, I'll, I'll try to actually follow through and listen to it. <laughs> it won't be for next week, but... Oh, yeah. Just on, your, on, your, on our off days. Yes. So let's delve into that. Yeah, let's. Um, 
And actually, maybe we should give a little preface. Like we said before that we're doing EPs in, in uh, cans, so obviously the can is a, a smaller beer. Uh, I'm assuming most of you know this, but assuming is not a good thing. True. An EP is essentially a smaller album. It stands for Extended Play. Yeah. Generally, it's a collection of songs, usually anywhere from know, five, five to, to seven five songs. Five to seven, yeah. yeah. In that range. Uh, whereas like a full album is called an LP for long play. I'm not sure who came up with those names. Extended play, long play. They they don't really make any sense to me. Like it feels like extended play would be longer yeah. than long play. But and like anything that's one to three songs is usually like a single. Yeah. So this this week that's why we're doing EPs, just shorter things. This John Foreman EP is only six songs, so we're gonna delve into them pretty thoroughly. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's a lot of content there, man. Uh, he is a content generator of dense content, indeed. Yes, he is a dense a plenty, content a plenty. Now, of course, I might be biased. It's a good and plenty. <laughs> yeah, Jesse's very biased. I might Food be biased. is his favorite band. Just because John Foreman's like my favorite singer-songwriter in the entire world. Um, so therefore, I am a fresh set of ears. I mean, it's just like the same thing with you and Blink-182. Oh, come on, though. Everyone loves Blink-182. <laughs> Let's be honest. I think, I mean, I don't see why people wouldn't like Blink-182. You don't knock Kanye West off the charts unless you're... Oh, no, no. Drake. You don't knock Drake off the charts unless you're the greatest, a.k.a. Blink-182. They did that with uh, California? Oh, yeah. California yeah. knocked Drake off the number one spot in Billboard. Nice. Oh. For all of you who have not heard the album California by Blink-182, do yourself a favor and listen. Life-changing. Game-changing. Life-changing. Yeah. <laughs> it changed my life. That'll move the chains. That'll move the chains. That's what they say about that album. That'll move <laughs> the chains. All right, but back to John Ford. Uh, the first song is called The Cure for Pain. Mm-hmm. And when you even just you look at the, the song title, you're like, oh, the cure for pain. What is that? Yeah. Because pain like, is a very human emotion. And, oh, very. Uh, and sure, it's good to go through pain, but does anyone really like pain? Is it something that anyone's ever like happy to be in? Like, a, if you're going through a painful time, are you happy? Not really. No. Not not when you're in that pain. And so, if you find the cure for pain, that's uh, a pretty big thing. That's a very big thing. It's like finding the cure for cancer. Uh, well, I mean, kind of. <laughs> not in the same <laughs> not, way. Not really. I mean, that's a nice analogy, but a little different. Emotionally. Emotionally, yeah. I'd say that. And I've said it before in other podcasts. I'll say it again. I am not a lyrics first guy. I'm always yeah. a music melody chord progression first guy. And the very first thing I wrote about the song... The best of both worlds in this is, album. Yes, I said instant like. Um, and I, I want to say the chord progression was so simple. It's, it's like a four chord progression. Yeah. Uh, the melody is even simple. But when you put those things together, solid gold. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, just, it's kind of a slower tempo song, but that it is, yeah. doesn't matter. Tempo doesn't matter. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, that, was, that tasted really malty. Just like that. This, soap, this fleek beer. You know, <laughs> this fleek beer. I just had a, a totally fleek burp. I'm fleek belching left and right, guys. Man, I'm fleeking out right I'm fleeking, now. I'm, I'm fleeking from the inside. <laughs> I'll see you on the fleek side. <laughs> oh, gosh. Anyway, right, back to the good stuff. Um, and so, yeah, like I said, back to the good stuff. <laughs> the, this song is very simple melodically, very simple. Uh, Chord progression wise, but when the two go together, it's different than a lot of chord progressions and melody combinations that I've heard. And it's really almost like if you don't even listen to the words, it kind of gives you that 
that feeling where the the hairs on the back of your neck stand up, and you get that that kind of chilling sensation. Almost. Yeah, it's, it's just a, a like, really moving sound. What I would it like, it just kind of makes sense. Yes, it very much makes like they sense. come together, and you're like, yes, that's the way, like this should sound. Yeah, and that's for that being like the first song I'm hearing out of John Foreman's solo career. That was a, a a good selling point for me because I was like, oh my. He, He's got his stuff down, even yeah. though I knew he did that from Switchfoot because Switchfoot's got a lot of good stuff. Mm. Yes. Uh, aside from the music being fantastic, the lyrics are very dense but really kind of thought-provoking and yeah and uh, really intense. I don't know. I wrote down oh, yeah. this one lyric. I spent ten years singing "Gravity Away," but the water keeps on falling from the sky. Yeah. When. And he has other variations of, of that same line throughout the yeah. song. Like, I keep singing doubts away, but the tears keep falling from my eyes. Yeah. Et cetera, et cetera. And when you just... Back to the first line, I said, when you just think about that, 10 years doing anything is a long time. Yeah. That's like a, that's something you spend your life's work, your career doing, something 10 years. And so if you spend 10 years trying to change something that's impossible... Only to realize that that it's not possible. It literally it. is impossible, and yeah. you, you sit there and watch the rain come down, even though you're trying to wish gravity away, sing gravity yeah. away, and you watch that, and you're like, "What's my purpose for? Like, what am I doing? If if yeah. all I'm working for is just going to end in this stuff that's out of my control?" Yeah, and I and I think that really just relates to the the uh, title of the song, "The Cure for Pain." There is it's no like cure there for is pain. No, yeah, there is no cure yeah. for pain. Like you just kind of have to deal with it. You have yeah. to accept it. And that's what he, that's literally what he's saying. Yeah. And I mean, that's what I was going to say too, because that's one of my favorite lines in of all of his solo stuff. Mm-hmm. Is a uh, it would be a lie to run away. The, yeah, it'd be a lie to run away. Yeah, and I wrote that. It'd be a lie to run away from, away from the pain. Yeah, because yeah. you could try to run away from the pain, but you're you're lying to yourself. You're lying to the world. You're lying to everything if you say you can run away from the pain. And the last thing I wrote is, you can't avoid the pain. Yeah. I mean, it's... it's, And I think that's the point of the song. Like, the here for for pain is accepting the fact that you're in pain. And And then moving forward through that. Yeah, it all comes back to that principle of lows and highs. If if you don't have lows, how can you have highs and vice versa? If there's no pain, how can there be happiness and love? Well, yeah, I mean, like, that's... It's the yin yin and yang type thing. And I'll come back to this later, but he's talking about this, this pain, how there's always pain... And the first song and the very last song is about letting love go. Mm-hmm. So that's, I don't think that's on accident. Oh, it, no. But we, we'll say that for the last song. Yeah, none, none of the stuff he writes is on accident. Yeah, he, he is very articulate and very intentional with what he writes, mm-hmm. which is far from how I write. <laughs> so I, I, I should take some notes when I listen to his music. And I also wish I could write like that. Yeah, it's, but it's, it's a tough. gift. Like, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a gift. Crazy, man. I mean, he's also been doing this for like half his life, though. Yeah, at least so, 10 years, I guess, right? <laughs> <laughs> nah. But yeah, that that is that is my favorite line. One of my favorite lines that he's ever written is mm-hmm. I spent 10 years trying to sing gravity away. But still but, the, but the still, rain keeps falling. The rain from the keeps falling from the sky. Yeah. Oh, it's powerful. It's if you just like sit and actually think about that lyric. It's just it's And crazy. I think you told me this at one point in time where I could be just making this up, <laughs> which I, I tend to do this you, a lot. You do that a lot, yeah. <laughs> But I'm pretty sure you at one point said that John Foreman has stated that he writes for the thinking man. Like, he doesn't water stuff down or dumb things down, right? Yeah. He um, writes for people to delve into and think about things. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he... Like, he said that... Like, through music... This, this is what John... I'm paraphrasing, of course. Um, but John Foreman has said that he... 
like he's able to deal with tough issues that like in normal conversation you wouldn't really be able to talk about. But whenever he's up on stage like singing, it almost feels natural to like talk about the difficult issues through song or like the things that he's really struggling with and like just being completely honest because it feels like that's a great medium to talk about. Oh yeah. Or to like start a dialogue. Oh yeah. You know, between him and his fans. Yeah. So. Second song, Southbound Train. Yeah. Whereas the first song was very much like a an acoustic, only acoustic-driven song. Yeah. Like a, I mean, there are some other things going on production-wise, but essentially it's just a guitar and a vocal part. Yeah. This song starts off with this driving Cellos. cello. Yeah. yeah. Bum, 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 and so that, bum, that took me for a turn. Like, bum, a, like I'm expecting this acoustic-only album, and then I hear these cellos come in, and I'm like, yeah. Whoa, this is kind of odd. And then a harmonica comes in. Yeah, you're like, ooh. I nice. know, yeah. And uh, it's called Southbound Train, so it's it's pretty obvious that the cello going bum, 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 bum is a train. Yeah, and then the it's, harmonica it's, is like the, the whistle and the yeah. steam going out of the train. What, there's a word for that. It's, word not like, for what? it's not like text imagery, but it's. Oh. Where they use an instrument to convey. Uh, there probably is a word for we it. We learned about this in one of our music classes yeah, in college. We, we must have. <laughs> Sorry to all of our professors. If you would, <laughs> Even though none of them are going to be listening. Sorry, Dr. Bob. Sorry, D-Kicks. Sorry, D-Kicks. Sorry, Dr. Wong. She well, won't be listening. She won't be listening. <laughs> if you are listening, <laughs> Maybe Dr. Wong. Maybe D-Kicks actually yeah. might listen. I hope D-Kicks listens. He's a great guy. He probably would. He is. Yeah. If you're listening right now, D-Kicks, sorry. you're a great guy. You're a great guy. And sorry that we don't remember this one specific term. <laughs> Um, but essentially, he's using these musical ideas to reflect a train. A train, yeah, a, a yeah. real life. And then idea. And I don't know if you have picked up on this, but throughout the song, like I always, I like what I imagine is him actually riding on a train. Oh yeah, and like that, like that's, and he's like just like kind of thinking. And he even he talks about like putting his head on the window and looking out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like the so whole song is creating on. this like image in my head at least of him actually sitting on a train. Yeah. Like going back home. When I think about that, I think about the one time in my life when I took a Greyhound bus back to Pittsburgh, <laughs> and it was miserable. I had so many stops and and um, transfers, and it was just sitting on a bus for that extended period of time with a bunch of people you don't know. It's just literally counting down uh, until you reach your destination, which is home. <coughs> Ooh, <laughs> and he talks about that heading home. Like yeah, he says that, and here's the line I wrote down. Heading home, but not so sure. Home's a place you can get to by train. Mm. So, what do you think that means? Is that mm. is that a religious connotation there? You think? Um, I mean, I I don't know. Or is, or is the journey like a a metaphor for life? Yeah, this, I mean, this can it, it, this can go in so many different directions, and that that's why yeah. John Foreman writes for a thinking man because this can go in so many different directions. Let me look up the that lyrics. you have to kind of. Decipher what he's talking about. Yeah, yeah. But but like I said, this at least production music wise, this had a, such a different feel from the first song, and essentially that that's really good a good kind of method. That if you're gonna have a short album, you don't want to have everything the same. Well, even if you have a long album, you want to have that contrast in between songs. And I think he, yeah, at least two songs into the album, he does a really good job with that. And it's got this kind of silky smooth soothing production because the strings come back and he's got more than just cellos he's got a full string section going on in the chorus mm-hmm. and and I, th- I think he's talking about a train 
as in traveling through life. That, that's yeah. That's how I was ref- like reflecting it. So the lyrics are, "Oh, I guess they'll say I've grown. I know more than I wanted to know. I've said more than I wanted to say." Which is looking back on your life. Yeah, yeah. I'm headed home. Yeah, but I'm not so sure. That place, that home, is a place you can still get to by train. Mm-hmm. So, what would you say? So, I mean. Just based on this that. could, I mean, this could also you could also take the angle of a uh, him like being on the road so long, and like I, I, how his home, that, how his home isn't like one place. No, that I, I didn't even think about that aspect. Yeah. Like, uh, being a tour musician and being on the road all the time. Yeah, yeah, that, that's actually a really interesting part. I didn't think about that at all. The rhythm of southbound train. Oh my gosh. Um, did you did you notice? Um, one of the verses in here kind of it reminded me of a uh, Simon and Garfunkel song. About heading on a Greyhound bus to Pittsburgh? No. Um, the, <laughs> the verse, the verse uh, when, where the wind starts to look like your hair and the clouds in her bright blue eyes and the sea and the shore fall and rise like her breast as she breathes by my side. Um, I'm trying to remember what Simon and Garfunkel song is it, but it's like talking about a girl sleeping next to you. I know exactly what you're talking about. It's... Um... It's like Wednesday morning three. Yeah. Um, how's that song go? Three. Wasn't Wednesday morning three a.m. But that song's about like robbing a store and going to jail. But it's but next yeah, to but, a girl who's sleeping and watching yeah, the breast rise and fall. Yeah, yeah. That that, that uh, lyric reminded me of that. We love Simon and Garfunkel here at Bruising Tunes. It's you true. should all check out their entire discography. Absolutely fantastic, uh, thinking songs, rich content, fantastic harmonies. Yeah, they're a song for a generation. Mm-hmm. On to song number three. Yes. This song is called Lord Save Me From Myself. And again, in keeping with the tradition of this EP, the title is deep again and dense, and you can think about a lot just by looking at the title. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I if you look at the title before you listen to it, it might give you some expectations, some, something to look for. Uh, just It provides a background already even before you listen to it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh... First thing that I noticed was the great finger picking. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm assuming it was on a steel string acoustic guitar, but it almost had that nylon feel because it was just mm. so glorious. The, the finger picking. It reminded me that I'm not a good finger picking guitar player. <laughs> as most songs remind me that I'm a terrible musician, this one does as well. <laughs> oh my gosh, Steve! But essentially, what I got out of this song is that there's a desire to keep moving forward in purpose and finding new ventures. Mm-hmm. And trying to find new reasons to to move forward. Like I said, the purpose. Because um, uh, the first line that kind of struck, struck me is he said sex. It, it's a, a sex line. He says, sex is a grand production, yeah. but I'm bored with that. But I'm bored with that as well, yeah. When in music have you ever heard someone saying something like that? Never. Yeah, because I mean, I mean, there's I've a lot of music that talks about sex, let's be honest. But it's, it's never talking about being bored with it. It's usually right? glorifying it yes, in some yes. way. And so he's essentially casting that aside and saying, he says it's grand production, so he's saying it's a, a great thing, but I'm bored with that. There's got to be something else, right? So trying to find a bigger purpose, try to find something else. Yeah, right? sex is a grand production, yeah. Uh, and he also says one more line The world is where I breathe, let it never be called home. And I think that's mm-hmm. almost the same line as that sex is grand production. But on a much larger scale. Yeah. A macro scale, if you will. 
Yeah. So he's saying <laughs> a macro scale, if that's, you will. That's a little college level, <laughs> college level word. For yeah, on a ma- this is on a macro scale, if you will. No, <laughs> uh, no. Um, it, this the, literally, I'm pretty positive in the song. He's saying these things in this world are great, but there has to be more because I can't just accept that this is all. Because yeah, exactly. This yeah. is the same thing over and over again. Lord, save, save me, me from, from myself. Yeah, when he so says like, myself, he's saying, save me from being content. Save me from only living in this. Save yeah. me from just being this. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. like, the, the first uh, like the first verse is also a great example. I mean, every single verse is a great example of that, I suppose. But, but the, the first verse uh, says, My mind is dull and faded from these years of buy and sell. My eyes have seen the glory of this hollow modern shell. So, I mean, like well, that... Is the shell his, his body, his life? What would you say? No, it's... Yeah, I mean, it's his life. This hollow modern shell. So, like... <laughs> that was a modern <laughs> shell. <laughs> but what it is, I mean... To what me, it is, what it is, what it isn't. To me, to me, that just means, like... Um, because the line before that, from these years of buy and sell. So that's obviously talking about like consumer, uh, oh, to me, consumerism, consumerism yeah, definitely. in general. And then this hollow modern shell. Yeah. It's like there's no substance because um, it's hollow. Mm-hmm. Um, modern shell being, I guess, yeah, just like in general how people live today. You know? And so, yeah, then Lord save me from myself. But content wise, it's, it's dense. It's, it makes you think. Oh, yeah, definitely. Musically... He's got some funky chords in there. Mm-hmm. Um, some things like it's a great melody, but there's this one chord. Um, I don't know if it's in like a, a bridge or a prelude, whatever it is. But I really expect this one chord to be coming up, and it, it throws me for a loop. Yeah, and it doesn't. Yeah. Off the back, I, I can't think of where it comes up in the song, but it, it comes up multiple times. Yeah, it's just uh, it makes me appreciate his songwriting because yeah, as a, a person who's listened to a lot of music. I know a lot of chord progressions. I, I know what to listen mm-hmm. for and what to expect. And when I hear a chord that throws me for a loop, I really appreciate it yeah. when it works. Yeah. And it works in the song big time. On to the next song, which is the fourth song. It's called Equally Skilled. And this is hands down my favorite on the album. And I'm oh, sorry yeah. I haven't been ranking, the, ranking these songs. Yeah. Um, Do you really need here, to rank Here's how I'm going to rank these songs. <laughs> fleek or not fleek? <laughs> <laughs> that is the question. This is the fleekest of all of the songs. <laughs> this song is so on fleek. <laughs> this is the fleekest of the fleek. Oh, it's fleek to the max. Unless fleek is a bad thing. Then... And then this is so far from fleek that you couldn't even <laughs> believe it. Uh, but no, this is hands down my favorite. I think, uh, I think it's probably my favorite as well. Musically, it, it's pretty darn good, but... Yeah. Uh, f- for me, being a music-only guy, this is a little different because it's the content that made me love this song the most. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Whenever I and, first heard this song, I was like, wow. Yeah. Same here, actually. I was like, he is just like... Laying it down. Just like laying, laying, it laying it down, down the truth. And and like, but uh, the, ridiculous. in the intro, he's got these... It's like a... Uh, he he mm-hmm. doesn't... Like a ooh-ah uh, type harmony. Yeah. And it's got at least three or four harmonies going. And it's just... It's really cool John mm-hmm. Foreman-esque harmonies. Uh, well, the only reason I said it is because I've heard the exact same type. harmony stylings in Switchfoot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I, that, I heard uh, that. I was like, ooh, nice. 
essentially the whole song is a contrast. It's it's a religious song for those of you are for those of you listening who are not religious. Sorry, we're about to get we're about to go there. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, but even if you, you aren't, even if you aren't religious, like it's, it's still it's still a pretty cool. Song. It's yeah, still a good and you song. can you can appreciate it at least for what it is. For um, for for nothing else but just the fact that it is a well written song. Yeah. So bear with us if you're not religious. If you are religious, uh, you'll like this. <laughs> you, should probably, you should probably listen to the song. Listen to it amazing. multiple times. Yeah. Uh, but essentially, this shows the contrast between sinners and God. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, literally, the contrast between sinners and and, God. and just the, keep in mind the title, equally skilled. Yeah, contrast between the sinner and God. <laughs> uh, the, the reason why I keep pointing that out is I have notes in front of me and I misspelled God as good. <laughs> Sometimes when I'm writing, my brain thinks faster than I can write. Yes, I, same, same. So I read that I was like, that's what? why. That's <laughs> why I have such bad handwriting. Oh, my handwriting is atrocious. You're just better than mine, though. Yeah, but that's not saying much, dude. Like, you probably can't read some of the stuff that I wrote. Uh, some of those words are out there, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I know, that's what I'm saying. Uh, no. Okay, so back to this song. Um, the title, Equally Skilled... You can, if you just look at the title, that might not really give much away for you. Mm-hmm. Essentially, what he's saying is, our hands are equally skilled. Like, as a, being a human being, we all have equally skilled hands at committing injustices and evil like we're all capable of corruption and perversions and all these just not so nice things as human beings we we're equally skilled at being bad Mm -hmm. um and that's the chorus that comes back is we're equally skilled at perverting justice equally skilled and it's it's this nice melody and it, it just Repeats the phrase equally skilled. Equally skilled at doing evil. Equally skilled at at bribing the judges. Equally skilled. And so it's it's that he keeps saying equally skilled and then a line, equally skilled and then a line. And then about halfway, uh, three quarters of the way through the song, there's a key change. He goes Mm -hmm. up. Yeah. And key changes are are, in most pop music. Over me. I know, but in most pop music, key changes is just a tool to make it not boring. Exactly, yeah. In that, this that's, song, that's the key change is, is I mean, to reflect a difference in subject. Yeah, but just think of Beyonce in that one song. Oh, I can't there think of There are like five key changes in it, and it's annoying. Oh. Anyway. Beyonce is good, though. But he uses this key change to show the difference. After the key change, he starts to reflect on God, mm-hmm. where he says, God is equally skilled at, uh, like, give me a line, at... He says, and both of his hands are equally skilled at ruining evil. Yes. Equally skilled at judging the judges. Yeah, and so Equally it's, skilled administering justice. It's the same melody over the chorus, and it's just such a difference in content. It's, it's really cool to say, essentially he's saying, we're all equally skilled. And by putting that same melody mm-hmm. over the content, I think that's really cool to kind of have that nice contrast and comparison. Yeah. And, and I, I only learned this... Uh, factoid through my mother. <laughs> I learned uh, through my sister Emily. Okay. I, I called my mom and told her to listen to this song because I, I figured she'd like it, and she did. But uh, she was reading through some YouTube comments, which you got to be careful on YouTube. There's some people say some mean things on YouTube comments. They do. We call them internet trolls. <laughs> but she found that this text in the chorus is based on a Bible verse, Micah seven one through nine. Mm-hmm. And that talks about being equally skilled, and uh, or not equally skilled, but our hands are capable of, of doing injustices and evil. Yeah. 
But for John Foreman to take that and turn to a, a well-crafted, beautifully written song, that's an artist right there. And then the, the, last, the last verse also says, the last chorus, says, And both of his hands are equally skilled at showing me mercy, at loving the loveless, and administering justice again. Yeah. So, well, so for those of you who aren't religious, just think about committing injustices versus loving the loveless. Yeah, big exactly. difference. Like, right? I mean, like even if you're not, even if you're not religious, like you, you know that like injustices are bad, and loving people who don't normally get love are is that that's good. Yeah. You know, and so even in that respect, like yeah. it's just a beautiful song. On to song number five, which is called "The Moon Is a Magnet." Bam! My least favorite song. It's, but it's my. It's totally least fleek. But it's my favorite song. So this is the. This song is fleekless to me. <laughs> fleekless. <laughs> no, I, I can't say it's fleekless. It's just my least favorite because I don't really dislike it. It's just my least favorite. The reason I love this song so much is because I believe it accurately portrays the human existence. I, I can understand that essentially, but. I also love the bass clarinet. It is so jazz. Is that a bass? Okay, because I wrote clarinet question mark because yep. I wasn't sure what the instrument was. Yeah, it's, it's a bass clarinet. It's a very very jazzy song. The chord progression is really out there. He plays some really random chords. The yeah. time signature is so hard to follow. It's very. Obscure, I, I'm yeah. trying to count up the time signature. I cannot figure it out. Yeah, it's tough. It's very odd, but um, I love it though. Yeah, it, singing along is is difficult because of the time signature. But I mean, it is a cool song. Like I said, it's my least favorite. But this, the biggest thing I can get out of the song is the one line where he says, "What are we if we're not in love?" And then he contrasts that by saying, "In the next like." I, I divide this song well, into two parts. Well, a, a I also wrote down a, a couple of little lines. I, I divide it into A and then A prime. Fair enough. But but that line, I, I really like that line, what are we from not in love? Because yeah. essentially, what is human existence if there's no love? We're just a yeah. bunch of dirtbags. That's all it is. We're not, we're, we have no purpose. Dust in the wind. Yeah, there's no purpose if there's no love. All we are is dust, dust in, in the wind. wind. Those are bad harmonies. Let's move on. They were. Let's move um, on. <laughs> so there's that line, and then he talks about being, like, he's like, a kiss is contagious, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But he also says a kiss will betray us. A kiss us. will betray us all, yeah. And that's, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go out on a limb. I'm going to say that's directly a, a biblical reference. Direct, yeah, it definitely Yeah, that's, that's the kiss that Judas gave to Jesus. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Is a it's really a biblical reference. reference yeah. um, but, I mean, this song is very short. Uh, yeah, like, it is. It's, it's like, like a minute, minute 30 maybe? A minute and a half, yeah. Yeah, it's a, dirt, a very short song. If you guys like jazz music, you'd probably like this more than most pop music. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the reason I say that I divide this into A and A prime, <coughs> that's not the reason. <coughs> but, oh man, grapefruit burps. Woof. Um, anyway, Are those so. Burps? Yeah, they're nice. You wouldn't know because you're not drinking the grapefruit IPA. Well, I took a sip of it, but I'm not having burps like you. Um, anyway, so this song is divided into A and A prime in my mind because in the first part he says, what are we if we're not in love? Right? So you have that right. aspect of humanity, the aspect that like people are in love, like relationships happen, like people, you know, not only romantically love each other, but love each other as friends and, you know, whatever else. And like that is one part that makes us very human and, and like is part of our humanity. And then Correct. in the second part of the song, he says, what are we if we're not alone? And so you have that aspect of it as well, because there are times in everybody's life where 
you are like you feel very loved or you feel very alone and so he's just kind of like saying like this is who we are like this is what in a part of what it means to be human like it's to be alone it's to be loved it's both of those things together yeah. kind of like the yin and yang some the yin and yang again from the uh which song was that Equally skilled. Yeah. Was it equally skilled? Equally skilled had that, the comparison. The yeah. same type of comparison, like A and B, or I mean A and A prime. Yeah. Like, but only only with both, though, do you really find the hum, like human existence in general. Correct. On to song number six. <laughs> so that's why it's my favorite song. And it's my least favorite song. Well, it's my least favorite song because of music. Yeah. I'm not a jazzy guy. Boo. Sorry. I think it sounds awesome. Based on hey, I gotta have my own opinions. I'm my own person. That's true. And you have your own opinions, and I respect those. <laughs> All right, the Thank last you. song on the album is called My Love Goes Free. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, and what were you saying in contrast to the first song? We'll, we'll get back to that in a second. Okay. Uh, the first thing that struck me in the song is it's piano-driven, mm-hmm. uh, which I don't really think of pianos when I think of Switchfoot, so I just assume that John Foreman doesn't play piano. No, he does uh, um, in the song Yet. From Hello Hurricane, Hurricane yeah. I believe. He plays piano in that. And I've, I've only listened to... Wait, not maybe, no, it's not yet. Well, either one way. Of, one of those songs. One he of those songs, piano yeah. on that. But it, it's really cool. Well, uh, maybe Jerome Chord does. progression, on yeah. that, like piano-wise. It, it's pretty cool. It draws you in. It's, it's very pleasant sounding. Mm-hmm. And it's very gentle. It's a nice, relaxing song. And he, he, he says, you, which I'm assuming is a she, or I don't, I don't know, any type of pronoun you can put in there, are a bird. And then a little bit later he says, if you love her, let her go. Yeah, and I, I think of that reference, like that metaphor of a bird letting a bird go, because essentially, when you think of like a bird, you think of this peaceful, calm, elegant animal. You don't think of birds as being ah, ah. <laughs> unless, unless you're thinking of a vulture. Yeah, but but when you think of a bird, a vulture is not what comes to mind. An True, owl yeah. or an eagle or maybe a hawk like is not what comes to mind. You a might sparrow. Be, maybe think of a sparrow or a morning dove. Like a blue jay. Just a, something that if, if you held your finger out, Robin, would perch on your finger and be this peaceful, parakeet. calm, gentle animal. Yeah. Right? That's yeah. what that's what I think of when I think of a bird. And then he's talking about letting his love go, letting this bird go because it's something that needs to fly free. Yeah. And and the the bird reference is has, is not unique to John Foreman. Oh, it's no. a reference that's come and gone in literature and in art and Everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a very popular metaphor to, to use. And he's using it about his love. Or about love in general, right? Would yeah. you say love in general? Yeah, I would say so. Don't hold your love back because it's something that's not meant to be held back. It's not. Yeah, it's not something that's meant it's to be... It's something that was designed to be, sh- like to be, to be shared, shared. Yeah. To be expressed. Yeah. To be and so free. That's where the contrast <laughs> between the first song is. Yeah. Pain is something that you can't avoid... And pain is low, it's dark, it's icky, it's bad. No one likes pain. Hmm. Whereas in the very last song, love is grand, love is great, love is free. Or love should be free. Love is gentle. Yeah. Love is something that should be shared. And it's it's the biggest difference between this and the first song. Hmm. And that was so smart in, in the way that he put that in there. Oh, yeah. Because he, he could have switched around to the opposite intentionally, but that would leave you know, like a... I don't know. Sour note at the yeah, end. Yeah, and a sour note. But it's it, him knowing that he's he's creating a full body of work. He he did this and left it on a positive note. And he in the chorus he goes into falsetto and it's just really really beautifully done and it's just mm-hmm. it's just 
Oh, it's, it's really good. Yeah, it definitely is. But all in all, um, I think this EP was fantastic. I agree. So, what else could I have to say about this EP? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> what do you think, Jesse? Say something real quick. Huh? <laughs> okay. Well, that doesn't give me any clue <laughs> at all. <laughs> no, no, but... but in, in all truth, I think it was a fantastic EP. I'm not entirely sure why he put this, uh, all this content into the fall EP. Because um, when I think of fall, I think of a transition period. Uh, because that's what fall is. It's transitioning from summer into to winter. So you're transitioning into joy, which I associate with summer. Joy, friendship, being free, being able to fly free, able to roam, do whatever you want, compared to winter where it's cold and dark and not friendly and you're isolated and trapped. So those are two very, very, very different emotions, states of being. And so fall is the transition period in between those two. So I have to believe that John Foreman was smart about this in, in writing songs about transition. So he had to think, I'm going from summer to winter. I have to write an album about that transition period. So I know that you said to listen to spring next, correct? Yeah. But I'm more tempted to listen to summer and winter because I'd like to know how fall fits into that okay, as yeah, a whole. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's definitely um, related. Yes. So let's move on to the next album which yes, you yes. to um, the EP by Real, the band Real Friends um, called Pull Yourself Back Together Real um, Friends is a pop punk band that I, I heard about in college from one of my buddies Mike Bolster shout out uh, he, he actually sent me one of their uh, songs on Facebook I think it was after one of their EPs came out because they did like three or four EPs before <laughs> Excuse me. Before they did any full-length albums, yeah. And I'm I'm gonna prep before you get into the album. I'm gonna preface this. Real friends, um, essentially, like the name Real Friends. What What do you think of when you think of Real Friends? The name Real Friends. Yeah, a, a friend who's real, someone who's honest, down to earth, who's gonna be there for you in yeah. the times that you need them. Yeah. And which is the opposite of what other songs are about. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, 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 because but most of their songs their are about. songs are about being honest and open. Yeah. Um, yeah. Their bass player writes all their songs, and he's come from some hard relationships. I know this because I've read interviews and, and stuff like that. Writes all their lyrics. Writes all their lyrics, correct? And uh, they're mainly about being in really low places and, and having some gnarly, sad relationships and kind of getting that out in the open. Yeah. And so I related to that. But yeah. it, that, that's what he writes about, and he's saying you gotta have real. Essentially, how I feel it is, you gotta have real friends to help you through these times. Yeah. And so this album is, I want to say, their th- third EP. I think it's their third EP. Okay. And I'll let you take it from here. Okay. Uh, so the the first track, uh, track one, is called "Late Nights in My Car," and that is one of their most popular songs. Really. I've seen them probably five or six times, and I want to say they've closed almost every show with that. It's a good song. Um, I mean, like, I, I really like the music. I like the tone of the guitar. Like, just, I mean, it's, just, it's got that pop punk feel. You know? Oh, it, and definitely. Which, yeah. which I love. It's got the fast, 
fast beat, fast, fast guitar, fast fast drums. You've got good guitar tones. Good melodies, too. you know, like. Um, and one one thing I noticed throughout the whole album, um, but especially with this song, um, is that the lyrics are not like metaphorical at all. You know, like they're like not metaphors. Oh no, this is like directly they're, like his his story. It's like literally like he's just like it, I gotta get this out. And it's just a like, jur- it, essentially like a, it's a journal entry. Yeah, essentially it's a, a journal a song, entry. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, that's all of their songs. Yeah, so like they're they're not convoluted. They're not. Uh, they're not. They're not. Um, think you don't they're have not, to yeah, analyze it. Yeah, they're uh, very straightforward. Yes, which is kind of why I like it because sometimes, like when you have to analyze a song, you could be like you might think it's the the exact reasoning behind a, a stanza or a lyric, but you could be wrong. Yeah, and but this you're like this you know exactly what, what he's saying. Yeah, that's exactly what he wants to say, and that's why he said it. But both styles of writing have their own merits. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so this, uh, this song, uh, first of all, has a very great bridge. <laughs> um, good contrast to the rest of the song. Uh, but during the bridge, uh, he has a lyric, um, which uh, kind of brings the title of the EP into play. Um, and the, the, the bridge lyric is, If you never break, you'll never know how... Pull yourself back together. Yeah, but it, and he like yeah. So but he like, repeats it. Yeah, he repeats yeah. it. If you never break, you never know how. So like, but I mean that's. It seems like that's almost the theme the of the point, album. The theme of the album, like the point of the album. And so I, I suppose it makes sense to put that at the beginning, right? I mean, point of the EP. But yeah. Yes. Because so yeah, like if you, like it, it's a negative album. They're kind of a negative band, but that that's a positive message, right? Yeah, like if you never break, you'll never know how to pull yourself back together. You know, I, I love like, that line, and like that's a great line. Like it's very true. Like if you never put yourself out there, if you never try, like you're never gonna know how to get better. You're never gonna know how to improve yourself. You Word. Know? Word, DMM. And your father too. <laughs> oh, was that a Jungle Rhubarb reference? It most certainly was. <laughs> I have to shout out our sponsors left and right, dude. Yeah. They're, our sponsors are so fleek every week. We have the the fleek. A week. They are fleek masters. Yeah. And so, <laughs> I'm sure I think of a really good catchphrase. Every week, our sponsors are fleek. Every week, our sponsors are fleek. No. But seriously, if you guys like have a business and you want to sponsor our podcast, reach out. We'll be a sponsor. We'll shout you out. We'll give out. you a we'll shout out. We'll hook you up. We will hook you up with all the viewers. All the viewers, all the customers, all the subscribers, whatever. We'll make it happen, Captain. All of the... X's. I don't know what that means. You know, like X amount. So like that's a variable. So like okay, I, I understand this. it now, but that was a way we were going to yeah, say it. Whatever. On just, back to real I was friends. Trying. Back to real friends. Ship it so about anyway, uh, That song was very good. I gave it four out of five. I really liked it. Mm. Mm. Uh, the next Definitely song. Four out of five. Yeah. The next song is called Skin Deep. Oh, I love that song. It's a good song. Uh, very catchy. Fast. And what I said was catchy. In parentheses. All of the songs are. <laughs> um, but I like the song that goes, This time around, I wasn't honest enough with that Yeah. And me by that noise I just made was a was drum beat. The drums, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's a super fast, awesome beat. Um, but there's a cool Jimmy World reference. Oh, yeah. I've got this lonely night in Jimmy Eat World. Yeah. 
And so I, I don't know if he's referencing any particular songs by them, but Jimmy Eat World. But yeah. Jimmy Eat World is another one of those bands that if you ever listen to any of their stuff, um, they're pretty main street about their emotions and about like how they feel and so it's yeah i don't want to say emo because i don't like to, to say jimmy world and emo in the same sentence but <laughs> you just did though <laughs> i know i know but jimmy world's got one of those bands that you can listen to and, and get some real emotions out of and i think that's what they're talking about yeah 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 definitely yeah um and the one thing the one line that i really like um or was kind of interested in about this song or i mean from this song was the line I've been told home is where the heart is. Oh, if that's the case, I've never been home. Yeah, I, I, that line hits me pretty hard too because when they say that, it's just like, oh man. So this guy's in a dark place, right? Yeah, yeah. I've been exactly. told that home is where you've, you've heard that line, am I right? Home is where the heart is. Yeah, I mean it's a hallmark line. And, and essentially, that's so he's saying, "Where's my like my heart's been ripped out?" I think that's what he's saying. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I like. I don't know what my heart is. I don't. I don't know what I care about anymore. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, my world's upside down. Essentially, I gave that song 3.75 out of 5, but after talking about it, I'd probably give it a 4. Word to your mom. (laughs) And your father's who? Track 3 is called Dead. Oh, yeah. Or as the Germans say, Tod. Das ist Tod, yeah? (laughs) I'm Prost. I'm Prost. Uh, Do we have any German uh, listeners out there? (laughs) If so, you order 9. Yeah, if so, Leave a comment in the below section. Um, Saying if we pronounce the German words correctly. <laughs> yeah, and we're going to sing a song for you in German right now. Okay. I'm well, you will, because I don't know it. Prosit, ein Prosit, Vergemutlichkeit. I think. Ein Prosit, ein Prosit. Let's drink some more beer. Yeah! Sicky sucky, sicky sucky. Oi, oi, oi! Hmm. Ah. Nice. Uh, Good German well, song. Because I'm 25% German. I'm you are zero. Some, I'm some percentage, like 5%. Okay, so Jesse's five, maybe 5%, but mostly, you're mostly Norwegian. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> now back to the song <laughs> Dead. Now back to the song Dead, yeah. Track number three. Um, I kind of didn't write a lot, a lot about this song. <laughs> it's, um, it's not a it's faster like, song. It's it's it, like I mean it's just like me, medium like, tempo. It's like the same thing. It's Spin like in my face. Tell me I didn't know what that's, I said. that's another thing I noticed about um, like their melodies. Mm-hmm. It's like they're all good, but they all sound very similar. Oh, they're very similar. Yes. Um. So I said same as the last song. Not content wise, obviously, but like same type of guitar parts, same type of drums. Very catchy, good melody, you know, like it's still good, but like it's like, huh, okay. All right, now that you're. But he keeps talking about bony knees. Yes, okay, I'm glad you brought that up. Their singer, he, he writes a lot of, he actually does a lot of spoken words, a lot of poetry, and uh, his big thing is um, sunk, like sunken eyes and bony knees. Yeah, uh, and I only know this because I've heard his stuff. He, I, I guess he used to be like slightly overweight, and then he went through like a major breakup, and he lost like fifty or sixty, like a major amount of weight. Yeah, and he had like bony knees, and so he, he likes talking about like being like, like kneeling on the floor on his bony knees and and sucking yeah. eyes and that, that just that kind of thing. He he brings that reference up Weird. multiple times throughout their albums. Okay, interesting. Yeah, because yeah. I was wondering about that because like he talks about bony knees in the first song. And uh, the third song, and then I'm pretty sure in like the last song. Yeah, and, 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 is the last song called Lost Boy? 
Yes. That's a reference that comes up multiple times throughout their music, too. And when he says Lost Boy, he is literally talking about the Peter Pan Lost Boys. Oh, really? Yeah, about trying to hold on to like the youthful energy. That's, okay. what, he, that's what he's talking about. Interesting, okay. Yeah. But well, uh, that, that makes me like the songs a little bit more. Now that you're about halfway through, yeah. um, I want to ask you a question about Real Friends. Okay. Uh, have you been listening to guitar lines? Yeah. Uh, do you notice a lot? Of, like, maybe someone will play like, chords, but... The other guy is doing a lot of single line mm-hmm. guitar lines in yeah. the music. Yeah, and that that I really really like their their guitar lines. That they yeah, um, because it's not stuff that I would think to write in music. Let me read you the first comment on the next song. Okay, so I was ahead of myself. The next <laughs> the next track called "Dirty Water." Oh, great! I love that song. The first thing I wrote was "Nice guitar intro." Yep, oh. super great line. Hey, how's that song start? I can't remember. I can't remember either. I know I love that song, but I'm trying to. I'm drawing a blank. Do you have any lines that you're? Did you write down any lines from that song? No. Dirty water. Dirty water. Pull up the lyrics. While he's pulling up the lyrics, I'll give. I'll kind of give a description of these guitar lines that I've been talking about. So essentially, in music, you've got a skeleton of a song where there's a chord progression, and a lot of like pop punk music, people play these really really basic type chords where it's essentially two notes put together. In this, we call them power chords. Yeah, power chords. Um, oh, there it is. Essentially, it's, it's just like like just like three notes in one chord. Yeah. The the tonic, the fifth, and the tonic. tonic it's only two notes technically. Yeah, true. No, and no, no. It is three notes because one of them one of them is an octave above the other one, so it's two notes. But for our but sake, it's, three it's notes. as basic as it gets. Yeah. Uh, and you just have that playing, and then a, a singing line over top of it. The thing I really like about Real Friends is one of the guitar players does these lines over top of those power chords with that, that shows really nice contrast to them. And so you're hearing this... Like super chuggy, like... Yeah, you're normal, hearing these chuggy like, chords. Punk rock chords. And then you hear these like individual note lines playing over top of them. It's just like a really, really awesome, beautiful contrast. And... Uh, pardon me. You don't hear that in pop punk music all too terribly often, at least not in traditional pop punk. So when you hear it, it's really, really refreshing. Yeah. Unlike my beer, <laughs> because this uh, this fleet beer is delicious, but not refreshing. A little bit too heavy. Your beer is probably refreshing, I would guess. Yeah, I mean, if you were having one. Yeah. No, but this fleet beer is. Not refreshing, it's hearty. Very hearty. It's like a steak dinner because it's putting meat on my bones. <laughs> it's like a steak dinner. Yeah. <laughs> ah, I'm going to just eat this steak dinner in a can. But back to dirty water. Yeah, so I mean, like, it was a good bridge. Same, I mean, same thing. Like, it's, like, they're all good songs. But, like, I just kind of get bored sometimes. Oh, that's easy to do. So, the next song, After Dead, After Dirty Water. I've given up on you. Is what oh, it's that's the biggest contrast on the album. Favorite song on the album because of that. No percussion, right? It's nope. just it's just two a guitars, single and a guitar vocal. line. Yeah. Maybe two guitars because there's someone two playing. guitars and a, and, a, and a vocal line. Yeah. And there's a lot of because um, the guitar parts weave in and out of each other. If you listen to them, it's really cool yeah. how they kind of weave in. Um, and I said it's my it's, it's my favorite song on the EP. Wow, that's a big statement, um, dude. If but the reason it's my favorite song is because I've been listening to it straight through. 
So if, if I wasn't listening to it straight through, it might not be my favorite song. Fair enough. Just because it's such a different contrast in music and also slightly different in uh, lyrical content as well. Yeah. Lyrical content, it's about... It's like... It's, like it's sh- about being single for the first time almost. Like mm-hmm. being single again. Like it's and still... Writing a letter to a loved one who's dating somebody again. Yeah, so it's still kind Let's of... Let's say you, you dated a girl... She broke up with you and now she's dating someone else. That's what the song is about. I've given up on you, but it still mm. hurts to know that you're not alone. Yeah, exactly. Oh. So it's still kind How's of... that for... Pa- John Foreman should give them some insight on the cure for pain. Oh. <laughs> right? And then uh, here's how the conversation would go. Whole band Real Friends next to John Foreman, right? Yeah. Real Friends is like, oh man, I'm so sad, dude. And John Foreman's like... Deal with it. Hey guys, you just have to accept uh, that pain's real and you just gotta go through it, man. And then those guys, real friends, will be like, dude, that's so fleek. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not gonna lie, I told that whole story just so I could say fleek again. Oh, classic. Um, Back to this song. But yeah, tell me about it. It's it's just such a nice contrast if you're listening to the album all the way through. Um, because like it's it's a slower song, there's no drums, it's uh, there's like a super nice like we were talking about earlier the guitar parts. The, there's like a nice like nice hammer-ons and all this mm-hmm. other stuff that's like it's really soft, quiet, it's not distorted, like it's just super nice. And the lyrical content, like I said earlier, was very different from the rest of it. Well, it's like in the same meta. It's, but it's, it's not, in the same realm lyrically, it's, but it's different. It's different though, in the same yeah. way. So like, yes, it's good. Um, so you take that song and then go into the next but song. But before that, what? I just want to go back to my favorite line in that last song. Okay. <clears throat> that one? No, not that line. That was a belch. Hee <laughs> <laughs> um, hee. Oh my god. My favorite line in that song is lately my dog's the only one that'll listen to my problems. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, as weird as it sounds, I went through some stuff back in the day with a, a pretty big breakup. Yeah. You know this. I've talked to you about it. Yeah. Uh, and there were times where I would like be really low and I'd be at my house and I would just sit there and talk to my dog. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I'm not crazy. I'm not, I, I swear I'm not crazy. But like dogs don't know what you're saying. Yeah. And I think that's what he's going for. Like, dogs don't understand you. They don't know what you're saying, but they will love you no matter what. Yeah. And that's, that's the big thing. Like, I just sat there and my dog was named Buster, and he's moved on to the great uh, dog pound in the sky. Yeah. Um, but I would sit there and I would say, Buster, you know what? I'm, I'm in a low place, but you still love me, even though I'm sad. And then Buster would sneeze. Um, and Yeah, and it, but he, he would just look at me like I'm an idiot, but he loved me. Yeah. <laughs> And so, like, uh, when yeah, I heard yeah, that line like, for the first time, I was just like, oh, I guess I, I know exactly what this guy's talking about. Yeah, and I, I think that's where it's... In a really real place. That's where it's different for me and you, because, like, I haven't been through, like, that type of serious breakup. Yeah. You well, know? Essentially, Real Friends, the, the big topics that they talk about are breakups, like, bad breakups that are awkward and have lasting effects, and... Um, uh, depression. I think they talk about depression a lot in their songs and kind of social awkwardness. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I wouldn't say that I'm a huge depressive person. I'm socially awkward, sure. Same. We all are. Yeah. 
I definitely am. So I don't really, I, I, like, I'm, I, I get sad sometimes. I wouldn't say I'm, I'm depressive. Uh, but I have that social awkwardness. I don't know how to act in crowds. But the, the big breakup ones, those are the songs I listen to and I can really relate to. Yeah. And I think that's, I mean, like, that's probably why I didn't, didn't exactly, love, like, didn't love this album. But, I mean, I sort of liked it, but yeah. I but, couldn't connect with it as much as I connected with, like, John Foreman. Fair enough. You know? John Foreman's got more overarching things that can relate to everybody. Yeah. Um, Ish. But so, from track five on to track six, Ooh. this song is called Old and All Alone. Oh, this is a, a mean song. This is a very mean song. Yeah, I like this song. It's like, if you ever uh, <laughs> feel angsty, like, if you're mad at somebody who, like, is cut out of your life. That's what I wrote about this This song. is the song. Now you explain it, because yeah. after me saying that, you explain. Um, so, the first thing I wrote was, Whoa! Because like the the main the main line out of this song is when we grow up, I hope you end up old and all alone. And it's just like, oh my goodness, what the heck? And I mean, in a way, this is kind of like the whole tone of the album. Um, you know, like this guy, this guy's writing about you know a tough breakup or just a tough relationship in general, and. So, like, this is kind of like his, uh, in general, like, F you to whoever he's writing about. You know, like, when we grow up, I hope you end up old and all alone. And so, I mean, like, that's, I guess that kind of just sums up, uh, kind of, I mean, kind of how I feel about real friends. Or at least this, this EP. I haven't listened to much other Real Friends. Um, but that kind of seems like the general tone of most of their songs. Is just them saying, like, F you, I hope that you end up old and all alone. Which is pretty brutal. It's very brutal. Um, but, you know, based on what they're talking about in their songs... Exactly. Exactly what I was just saying. That's part of the coping process, right? Exactly what I was yeah, just saying. Yeah, exa- I, I just had to, to agree with you. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. coping. Yeah, I mean, in a way, yeah. But you definitely. can't have sadness without anger. It's... But I still like this song. I give it, oh, four, yeah. I give it four out of five. And it was very good. Catchy, right? Every single song is catchy on this yeah. album. And <laughs> on like, the EP. It's a pop-punk album, and pop, essentially, catchy. Pop-punk is always catchy. Not always. I've heard some pop-punk bands that are not catchy to save their life. <laughs> Uh, there's so one know, more song in the album, correct? Yes, there is. Lost uh, Boy. The last song is called Lost Boy. Um, obviously, uh, the first thing I wrote was it's catchy because obviously I just said yep, the entire they, album all is their catchy. stuff is catchy. Yes. Um, but the main thing that I took out of this was one of the lines um, where he said, "I wish I had the guts to say this to your face." Oh, and yeah. so, like that. The last song on the EP, that kind of changes the whole feel because of the EP. Because the whole EP, you're thinking, wow, this is brutal and honest. And, and yeah, and then it's just like, well, this is kind of on his head. And he's not actually saying this to anybody. Yeah. And he, he wishes I mean, that he had the guts to directed say it. This, I feel like this is directed towards like maybe one, maybe two people. I don't know. Yeah. But this is definitely directed towards somebody. And for him to say, I, I don't have the guts to say this. He's just like, I... I 
I wish I could say this to you, but I just can't. Yeah. And like that, that's when it's, that's intense. Isn't like, it? It's crazy. Like, I think about like if if like I think about myself like writing some really personal things that I need to say to somebody. Yeah, exactly. Down in a journal and leaving it there. Exactly. That that's that if this whole EP feels like a journal that was like put away, you know, under your mattress for a while under your bed somewhere, right? Yeah, and then you found it, and like these are the lyrics to the song, to all the songs in this album are this like very heartfelt, intense, yeah, things from. But essentially, if they if this is directed towards one person, I'm sort I'm sure that person heard this EP. You think? Yeah, I mean maybe they knew who they were. Can you imagine what that reaction would be? Oh, they'd be like, that <clears throat> stupid songwriter that. Totally not on fleek person. They're the opposite of fleek. You are the opposite of fleek. And the opposite of fleek is technically off fleek. No, it's keelf. 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 Which is fleek backwards. Keelf. No. Keelf. No. Which is on fleek. Keelf. No. On fleek. Keelf. No. Keelf. No. <laughs> uh, hashtag Kilf No. Yeah, if you like this podcast, please do hashtag Kilf No or hashtag on, on Fleek. And we'll know what you're talking about because. Just because. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, overall, this album, I gave it. Uh, I'm going to change what I gave it at first. I'm going to give it a 4 out of 5. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason I don't give it 5 out of 5. Because there wasn't enough variation in the music, except for the uh, the fifth song, which I loved. It is an EP, however. True. Uh, which, that's just me trying to justify something hard to justify. Yeah. but And I, also because I personally could not relate to all of the subject matter. Fair enough. I, I so, can respect that, dude. Yeah. What? Off the top of your head, you, I know you didn't do ratings for your oh, songs. Oh, I have rating for my songs. What would you give the fall EP? Four or five out of five. 4.5? 4.5 out of 5. Okay. Just because it's very difficult to give something a perfect rating? Uh, I've only ever given one band perfect ratings before. And that Hold is, on! Actually... Who could that be? That I don't know. Creed. Creed? I'm <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Oh, yeah. I am he's just kidding. Just kidding. It's Nickelback. He's right. <laughs> I love Nickelback. Someday! Oh, no, 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 it's Blink-182. Of course. I'm biased towards Blink-182. <laughs> uh, no, no, I gave uh, the John Foreman EP a 4.5 out of 5. Okay. I think... Uh, pardon me. I think it's musically uh, sound. It's it's really catchy and engaging. Well, I, I shouldn't say engaging about the music. The music is catchy and attracting, I guess. It draws you in. Yeah. Uh, Content-wise, lyric-wise, it's engaging and thought-provoking. Yeah. And it's real. It's, it's very real. But you know what's interesting, though, is because that's very real, but the Real Friends EP is also super real. Yeah, it's just John like, Foreman's... It's, it's the, the realness though. about John Foreman is about kind of like... Um, it's more it's meta. More about like it's a, more life. It's more meta. It's more it's meta. More, it's more life in, uh, in general. Uh, and more about kind of like the, the journey of, of all of life. Yeah. And Real Friends, the CP, is also about life, but it's about a very specific aspect of life more relationship driven or the failure of relationships i suppose yeah 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 and definitely uh, i really like real friends uh 
the first song that because I, I heard some of their stuff before and I really liked it, but the first song that drew me in was a song called "I Don't Love You Anymore." Heard that one before. It's a really, really good song. I recommend you listen to it if you haven't heard it. But like I said before, I went through some in my past, and uh, that song kind of made me think about things and, and kind of helped me through some stuff. Yeah. And any time that a band or a poem or a book can help help you through a personal time. It's there for a reason. If yeah. you can connect to it, if you can latch on to something that somebody's saying, or if you can have a common shared experience, yeah. that means something, you know. And I mean, I'm sure that's that's partially like why the band wrote it. Oh, that's definitely why they wrote you it, know? and that's why they have the fans that they do because they're writing yeah. stuff from their heart. They're writing real stuff, you know, real people, friends. Yes, yeah, people can connect to it, and it's just it it's honest. Yeah, I when, mean, like if you listen to pop music, honestly, how, how much of it is honest? There, there's, there's some. I can't, I can't say that like top forty pop music doesn't have honesty in it. Yeah. But there's a lot of stuff that's just somebody wrote it and sold it to a producer, yeah. and yeah. the singer singing it has no connection. Yeah. Or even it's just all this fluff material that's not honest. Yeah, so, I, I mean, like that. That's honestly one of the things that I honestly. And like that. That's, like, that's one on. of the things. Okay, go for so, it. So. You said that you don't connect to this music, right? Not not 100%, well, right? Not not like as much as you do. But you know that they're writing it from an honest place. Yeah. And that means something. Even though you don't yeah. connect to it, you yeah. know that, yeah. that yeah. people are, are genuine. Yep. And and I can respect... Like, you can respect... I hope you respect that. But yes. I know I've listened to songs where I don't connect to, to the people's statements, but I know that they're being genuine, and I can actually genuinely respect that. Yeah. Because it takes a lot of guts to, to put something like that out into the public. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, like, that's that's one of the things that, you, like, I constantly have to remind myself of. Is, like, if they're a band, like, they're, hopefully, they're, like, writing from their heart. You know, and they're essentially, to uh, use an idiom or uh, uh, to coin a phrase or whatever, they're putting their heart on their sleeve. Literally. You know, and, like, that takes guts. And I mean, like, John Furman is doing it as much as the guys from Real Friends are doing it. Oh, definitely. You know, and it's like... It's just in a, a very different, slightly different way, I it's guess. A, it's a very, it's a, it's a definitely a different way. Yeah. But, like, both of them are just as real. You know, just as... But John impactful. Foreman doesn't say real in his title. <laughs> <laughs> True, it's just John All Foreman. Right. No, nah, but uh, it, we both gave our EPs over a 4 out of 5 rating. Yeah, at least a four or higher rating. So that's we we had good albums this week, am I right? Yeah, we definitely did, man. So we talked about the tunes thoroughly. Let's go back to the brews real quick before we sign off. Okay. So uh, my I'm, I'm just about to finish my fleek, my on fleek, and you're uh, are you pretty close to finishing your? Yeah, I've got about three more sips left. Yeah, so you got about three. I've got about one more sip left. Okay. So I'm giving Jesse time to take at least one more sip to kind of lessen it. Nice. Okay. And so let's give one more description of our beers, and then okay. let's sign off with our catchphrase. I'll go first. Very nice. Fruity, refreshing, light-bodied, full IPA. And talk about the brewery again. Uh, Tailgate Brewing in uh, Nashville, Tennessee. Um, yeah, and, and they are a very local brewery, and I'd, yeah. I'd love to talk to them about Actually, for a minute. If you give me this, a is, this is my first brew by them, and it's good. Yeah. It's very good. Let me talk them up for just a minute. All right. Uh, the first brew I had from them was at a, a local um, 
bar called the Flying Saucer. And they've got a couple other locations throughout the country, but we go to our Nashville Flying Saucer. Oh, yeah. I had their peanut butter stout. It was very delicious. I, I thought it was great. And then I never heard anything else from Tailgate for a long time until they opened up a new secondary brew pub right near where I work. Yeah. And I went there last week to try it out and see what they had in store. And like I said before, they, they probably got 20... Uh, we'll just go with about 20 taps of their own beers. And so I did a flight and then I had a pint there. Uh, but I had like their peanut butter and jelly stout. Ooh. I had a Nashville hot chicken IPA. <laughs> oh my god! I had a horchata stout. Ooh, that sounds good. Uh, I'm trying to think of some of the other unique beers I've had. Oh, they, they've got a lot of out there beers, really unique, but they're all really, really good. <coughs> Pardon me. They do, however, suffer from the Nashville curse because currently we have the law on legislation. Oh gosh! That in order to be sold in, with, or I believe it's with a beer, a liquor license, you can't sell anything that's over six point two percent. Yep. And so Tailgate, I want to say, has to adhere to that law. They do not have any Imperial Stouts or any double IPAs. But that law is going to change next month. Yes, it is. So Yes, it is, sir. Uh, we'll do an update later on to see if they change their things. But Tailgate is super great. They've got really good pizzas and sandwiches and wings. It's an awesome brew pub. So if you're listening in the Nashville area, check them out. I still have to. Yes. They have a location um, in West Nashville, kind of not too far off of Charlotte Pike. Oh, okay, Charlotte Pike, yeah. And they've got one right downtown on Demumbrium in Music Row. <laughs> Demon Bruin. If you don't know what it is, Demon Bruin. <laughs> All right, so you've talked about your beer. I'll go back to my beer. Yep. On fleek. Yeah. This beer was so potent. Not oh alcohol, not alcohol wise. I mean, literally thirteen percent. Thirteen percent. That's pretty. Potent. I mean, it, but For taste wise, yeah, it yeah, does yeah. not taste like it's thirteen percent. No, it tastes maybe like eight or nine percent. Yeah, me. I would say so. Yeah, like I, I can tell it's slightly higher ABV, but it does not taste that boozy. Yeah, I can definitely tell that it's so malt heavy. It tastes like there's malts out the wazoo. It's an emoji. There is an emoji on the can, yes. It's a (laughs) smiley face with one eye winking and a tongue sticking out. Winky tonguey face. Winky tongue face, yes. We'll call it that. But this beer is super great. Uh, Stillwater is a fantastic brewery from Connecticut. Is that correct? I think that's what you said, yeah. Yeah. Stillwater Stillwater Artisan Artisan Ales. Yes. They're really good. Um, If you get a chance, try them out. I've probably only tasted about three or four of their beers, but every one I've had I think is really good. Including this one. Um, so let's clink our glasses and let's finish our beers with our sign off word. All right. And before we do this, let's recommend some albums for next week. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I've got, I've this week one. we did EPs. Next week we're doing regular album lengths. So here's what I recommend for Jesse The album is called Joyride by the band Transit. And I know that we're going into winter and this. I would classify as a summer jam. This is like a okay, full-fledged yeah. summer album, but I think you can find a lot of joy in this album. Because okay, cool. Joy Ride <laughs> by Transit. So what would you recommend for me? I'm going to recommend you an album by the Decemberists, which are a uh, folk band from, uh, I believe, 
Uh, Washington. The Seattle area, I think. Like Havana, Seattle? Maybe they're from Oregon. Yeah, what well, th- that area-ish of the country. I can't remember. But anyway, uh, the album is called The Hazards of Love. And now this album, well, you'll figure it out. But this album is essentially like you're watching a play on an album. So anyway, those are the albums for next week. The Hazards of Love by the Decemberists. And, and Transit's album called Joyride. Perfect. All right, so let us finish our beers and let Say us the magic word. With the magic word. Shibbidi-bop-a-dow! We'll see you all next week. Thank you again. This has been Stephen Johnston. And Jesse Titus. With Brews and, and Tunes. tunes.